Hello and welcome to another episode of the Animal Central Podcast. This is episode number 103. 103, and I'm your host, Frederick Fishman, and I am author of the 12 book Animals Central book series available on Amazon in print and Kindle. Our website and direct link to our YouTube channel and our growing weekly number of great animal videos is at www.animals-central.com. That's www.animals-central.com. Okay, we've got a lot to cover today, so let's say we get started. The podcast team here at Animal Central would like to welcome again our sponsor, Podcorn, for this episode of our podcast, Animal Central. We are very excited and thrilled to be working with Podcorn because we use their services, know of their excellent reputation of introducing top brands to podcasters. They bring those brands and podcasters together and introduce sponsorship opportunities to benefit both. If you are a podcaster or are thinking of starting your own podcast, then Podcorn should definitely be your source for sponsorship opportunities. They make the process simple to choose from a list of eager sponsors who want to partner with you. It is a seamless method to select, pitch, reach out to sponsors, and then close the deal. Every week, Podcorn sends you a list of eager sponsors looking for podcasts to sponsor. The Podcorn platform is easy to use, understand, and simple to navigate. In a few simple steps, Podcorn helps you create a cash flow in a matter of days. I use them and recommend them, and I am honored to have them as a sponsor of the Animal Central podcast. So check them out at podcorn.com. That's spelled P-O-D-C-O-R-N dot com. Podcorn. All right, we come to our first segment, our animal news segment. And this story comes from the Australian broadcasting company, ABC, and is fairly recent. And it's about farmers who have transformed their home into a wildlife refuge. This is really interesting what they've done. Doug and Colleen Werner have cared for hundreds of injured wildlife since they moved to the Hastings Valley in Australia some 30 years ago. And as brush fires tore through the small farming community of Birdwood in 2019, two years ago, native animals made their tracks toward Colleen's and Doug's farm to seek shelter. In the days after the fires on the New South Wales mid-north coast, the farmers created a makeshift wildlife refuge despite flames coming within meters of their home. The couple who have cared for injured animals since moving to the 400-hectare property more than 30 years ago said many of their former furry patients returned during an emergency. I've been a member with Fauna for about 15 years, but I've cared for animals before, Mrs. Warner said. Normally, I do macropods, which is wallabies, possums, gliders, and birds. Basically, anything that falls into my lap 
Over the years, one of the most rewarding moments, according to Mrs. Werner, has been raising Wilma, an orphaned baby wombat. Wilma's mother was hit by a car when she was only three kilograms in weight and was needing to be bottle-fed when we got her, she said. In late 2019, two brush fires burning west and north of Birdwood combined and a monster blaze tore through the Warekambi National Park towards the town. Mrs. McNeil said in all the years in the region he had never seen so big a fire. From the mountain range behind us to the house, the fire took about 10 minutes. It just didn't come across the paddock like a normal brush fire. This was something different. Mrs. Werner said, remarkably, animals the pair had previously cared for returned to their home. I didn't expect to see any of them, but some did come back. Animals found areas in the front garden to settle in while the fire surrounded the house. There were sugar gliders which got out and were hanging off the ceiling, and of course the wombat. She was in my studio, asleep. Several redneck wallabies and pandamelons turned up to the house with joeys in their pouch, as well as a koala. We gave the animals lots of water and food, and they found spots around the garden to nestle in. The house was a bit of a jungle, but it always is. The fire got within meters of the house, and if the house was gone, I don't know if we'd still be here. But just about 20 meters down the driveway, Mr. McNeil's shed was destroyed. The work shed is the hub of any farm, and everything gets fixed in the shed. I lost 60 years' worth of tools, instruments, memorabilia, gone. After what's happened, you can't expect to not face a serious natural disaster if you live out in the bush. You've got to be prepared. It's now almost two years on from the brush fire, and the couple are still recovering from the natural disaster and continue to take in hurt wildlife. All right, let's get back now to probably the heart of this podcast, and that is the animal description segment. And from the title, you know that today we're going to talk about rodents. Now, rodents are mammals of the order Rodentia, which are characterized by a single pair of continuously growing incisors in the upper and lower jaws. Now, here's an interesting statistic I didn't know about these rodents, which include, by the way, animals such as mice, rats, squirrels, prairie dogs, porcupines, beavers, guinea pigs, hamsters. That order of rodentia, or rodents, make up about 40% of all mammal species here on Earth. And they constitute approximately 4,600 species. So what I'm going to do is just give you some quick and fast facts about these things. You've seen them, I'm sure, mice and rats and have been infested sometimes by them, but here's a little bit about them that uh, might give you some pause. First of all, they're found everywhere, and they're native to all land masses on the planet, except New Zealand, Antarctica, and several small islands out in the middle of the Pacific. Most of these animals are small, but with robust, sturdy bodies. They have long tails and short limbs. Their front teeth, or incisors, they use to gnaw food, to excavate burrows, and defend themselves, and they are their most distinctive feature. They mostly eat seeds and other plant material, but there 
are some of these rodents that have very varied diets as well. They are social animals. They live in social or large groups. And their fossil record dates back to the Paleocene era, which is about 66 to 56 million years. And that was approximately after the die-off of the dinosaurs. They have a long co-history with humans and human habitation. Rodents have been used for food, clothing, pets, as laboratory research animals. Some species, like the brown rat, the black rat, house mice, are serious and continuous pests. They go after human food and they spread disease. Accidentally introduced species of rodents have caused havoc and extinction of other animals. Example, the dodo bird was brought to extinction by an overrun of these rodents. And the most distinguishing feature again is their front incisor teeth. These teeth, they grow continuously and they are razor sharp. The largest species of rodents is the capybara, which is about 66 pounds. But most rodents weigh about 3.5 ounces or a little bit more, except of course for the big ugly rats that may be habitating your cities. They have well-developed senses of smell, hearing, and vision. Night species of these rodents have even the capability to see light in the ultraviolet range. Most are plant-eating, like I said, they like to eat leaves and seeds, but some, like the Australian water rat, will eat insects, fish, crustaceans, bird eggs, and even small birds. These rodents have advanced cognitive abilities. They can quickly learn to avoid poison baits, which makes them difficult pests to deal with. Guinea pigs can learn and remember complex pathways to food. Squirrels and kangaroo rats are able to locate catches of food by spatial memory rather than just by smell. Throughout history, rodents have been used for clothing, like beaver fur, and I'm sure you've heard of that, beaver coats. Rodents are used as food, believe it or not, around the world, but not in our home, thank you. We do not prefer rats too. And some people even give rodents, like white mice, as pets. Anyhow, that is the image that you can keep in your mind as you think about 40% of all the mammals that we have here on planet Earth, which are rodents. Okay, how about closing out this episode with another animal-related poem? And this is a short one by Alberto Blanco. It's called The Parakeets. They talk all day, and when it starts to get dark, they lower their voices to converse with their own shadows and with the silence. They are like everybody, the parakeets. All day chatter, and at night bad dreams. With their gold rings on their clever faces, brilliant feathers, and the heart restless with speech. They are like everybody, the parakeets. The ones that talk best have separate cages.
And that is a wrap for today's Animal Central podcast episode number 103, where we talked about the rodents. And you know what I just thought of? I forgot to play you two sounds from two of the rodents that I had finally found. So you know what? I'm going to add them right here. And let's see if you can guess out of all the rodents in there. Like I said, there's 4,600 plus species. Tell me what you think is this particular animal. And I think I may play it several times. Okay, one more time. And that is a guinea pig. And anybody who has one as a pet probably knows that sound. Okay, here's another one. That is a rat. Can you imagine hearing a thousand of those in your basement? Yeah, okay. But anyhow, I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Animal Central. And tune in again for more fascinating animal news stories, descriptions, sounds, like the ones we just played you, poems, jokes, and maybe a surprise or two. Our website and direct link to our YouTube channel is at animals-central.com. That's animals-central.com. So take care. Bye for now. Thank you.